A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Redmen TV for a Redmen TV special. We're going to be focusing uh, on being Liverpool. Uh, I've got James Pearce of The Athletic, uh, who's written a fantastic in-depth article, a bit of a retrospective on it. Um, you can get that article and some of the best writing in and around, not just Liverpool, but world football as well, by heading to theathletic.co.uk forward slash Redmen TV. You get 50% off your yearly uh, annual subscription with that as well. Highly, highly recommended. But James, um, it was really interestingly timed because we were put, we actually put together a, a rewatch series for, for being Liverpool and when I saw the article I was like oh this is this is just perfect um what was it like going back and revisiting that because I mean I'm just, it, it, it really shocked me to, to think that it's like it's eight years old at this point yeah yeah um yeah I mean it was interesting I think first of all kind of obviously at the moment like everyone you're kind of thinking of trying to trying to be as creative as you can and trying to think of ideas while we haven't got any 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 live stuff to watch and you know I really enjoyed the second series of Sunderland till I die and and you, and you, you suddenly thought actually Liverpool was a bit of a trailblazer there you know when yeah. you think in recent years Man City Tottenham obviously that one's yet to come out Barcelona Juventus um, so you know and obviously it was kind of scoffed at at the time when Liverpool did it mm-hmm. but you'd have to say it was ahead of its time in terms of how many clubs now see the immense value in in going down that route. I think, I think it was it was interesting rewatching it. Well, I've got it on DVD, so I sat down and watched all six episodes kind of back to back. And you know, obviously, parts of it you do you do cringe at, but I think you know, the, the the massive thing for me watching it was just it, it actually felt a lot longer than eight years ago when you think of where Liverpool Football Club is mm-hmm. now compared to then, because you know you've got like. You know, dramatic background music announcing a Europa League qualifier against Gommel, and, and it's like, you know, and, uh, you know, the hushed tones is like Samad Yezel is being given a guided tour of Melwood. Yeah, and and you just think, God, it's this Liverpool Football Club. You know, then compared to now, is like the difference between night and day. Yeah, no, it's incredible. It's it's funny because I, like I say, I've been I've been holding back on it, but I remember it. So much of it I remember so vividly because we ended up doing a like a parody video of it when it was all when it was all finished because it was it was ripe it was you know it was it was there um, and it's it's funny isn't it because I think I think it's fair to say you know some people came out of it okay but people don't really remember the things that came out okay um, Brendan Rodgers in one I think. At best, people felt a bit sorry for him. At worst, yeah. I don't think I think people made their minds up on him, and probably he never really recovered from that. For some people, yeah, I, I think you know. Again, watching it back, what really struck me was 
you know how, how unhelpful it was for Brendan Rodgers. I think when you, you know, for all the stick he took at the time, and of course, you know, a, a, some of that stick was justified with some of the one-liners that he came out with, and I think, you know, the three envelopes. Of course, he got a lot of a lot of um, you know stick for that as well. But I think you've got to put it in the context of, you know, I think that was in, that was trying important to try and re-emphasize. So I think a lot of people almost misunderstood that it was somehow Rogers wanted to be part of it. He was very much told, we have already agreed this. We, you know, that speaking to Michael Bloom, who was the head of original planning at Fox and, and Scott Boggins, who was the executive producer of the series, you know, they'd done, they'd gone across to Melwood twice in the March of 2012. Um, and, you know, first of all, to present to Kenny Dogleish and his staff, secondly, to present to the players. So, you know, they, they started filming in the April. So when Rogers walks in in the June and then pre-season starts in the July, you know, he doesn't have any any role to play in it. And I think, as Jamie Carragher rightly pointed out in the piece, say if Jurgen Klopp had come in that summer, you can envisage a situation where Jurgen Klopp, with the experience and how comfortable he is in himself, would probably just go, you, you've done what? You've signed up to what? Forget it. Forget that, you know, I, you know, you can cancel that now. I don't care how much it costs to, to renege on the agreement or whatever. But of course, Brendan Rodgers, 39 years of age, come from Swansea. You know, he, he clearly didn't feel as if he was in a position to even even debate that issue. Um, filming was already underway. Um, and I just think it was massively unhelpful for him because hard enough trying to get to grips with the, the huge leap from Swansea to Liverpool. The last thing he needed was uh, was was cameras following him around. There's probably a degree, and maybe this is just me reading between the lines on it, though, is that you're right, I don't think it's it's definitely not helpful, and and, and equally, absolutely, Brendan Rodgers is not going to come in having acquired his, well, one of his dream jobs, um, the, um, that he's going to come in and rock the boat. But I wonder whether there's just a sense for someone like him coming in where he's probably thinking, this is the big leagues, you know, this is what, it, this is what it's all about, this is who I am, this is part and parcel of what it is, you know what I mean? I'm now at a big club, he... he, he it struck me that he he embraced it for you know for better yeah. for ill. I mean, we can we can speculate on his motivations, I guess, but you know, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that he he accepted the fact that it was going on and he put himself to the forefront of it. Yeah, I think you know what would have been very interesting is you can imagine how different that series would have been if Kenny Dalglish had kept his job mm. because. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no way that that Kenny would have embraced it to the extent that that Brendan did with you know taking the film crew around his house, introducing them to the family. Of course, it was during that trip that the camera panned onto the the portrait of Brendan on the wall, and you know I, I just think you know things like that you know probably didn't do him a favour because it kind of fueled this thing of you know how big is this guy's ego yeah. when you know as, as I pointed out in the piece that 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 portrait was a gift to him from a, a group of disabled fans in Swansea and you know I think it, if that had been pointed out in being Liverpool probably would have saved him a, a bit of grief and of course you know the, some of the other one-liners that he came out with about you know you you educate players you know you, you only train dogs and you know every player is is like a son to me and you know player plus environment equals behavior and all these of course you know they make me cringe a bit and um, you know, I think probably at times maybe he was playing up to the to the cameras, but um, yeah, I just as I think a couple of people pointed out that I spoke to, you know, it would have been a very different program I think if it had been filmed twelve months later because I think 
you know, for, for, uh, you know, for a start, it would have been a lot more interesting because that 2013-14 season was 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 unbelievable in terms of the momentum it generated. But also, I think you'd have seen a different Brendan Rodgers because I think by then he'd got his feet under the table, um, and I, I don't, you know, I don't think he'd have come across anywhere near as as badly as he did. And I think. I think you only had to see, you know, he probably learned some harsh lessons himself from that being Liverpool series because, um, you know, he is the the way that he comes across now is is very very different to Rodgers yeah. of of that summer of 2012. Mm, absolutely, and and obviously in that interim he'd managed to get his teeth sorted and and lost a couple of stone as well, so he'd have been fighting fit for a <laughs> for a series uh, series later on. It's interesting, isn't it, because you read the the reactions in the piece. And I, I think one thing that come across, which, again, people probably don't talk about, but I think was generally accepted of Rodgers, is the reaction the young players had to it. Um, you, speak, you obviously spoke to Adam Morgan and and, and Jay Spearing as well, and they both, like the, the three envelopes thing is one of the most infamous moments in it, as being a bit like, oh, like a, a bit of those kind of like a middle management training course style things. Yeah. And yet... You see the reaction from the the younger lads, and they 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 both admitted to walking away, going, "God, I hope I'm not in those envelopes." And none of us really thought of that. Yeah, they, I think they both said they rang their parents and said, "Yeah, we're going to guess what he's he's got three names written down of people that are going to let him down this season." Of oh shit, I hope I'm not one of them. Um, so yeah, what was you know you contrast that to Jamie Carragher, who said you know it was obvious to him from the start it was a. A motivational trick that you know that Ferguson had used previously, and that you know, he said probably Ferguson got it off Jock Steam before that. The difference was that they didn't have they didn't have camera crews around. But I think yeah, that was the interesting thing, the, the real the, the different way in which people remember it. Because for the for those younger players especially, you know they they absolutely loved being a being a part of it, and they you know they remember just how brilliant those Rogers training sessions were in that tour of America and I think Ryan McLaughlin, you know, I loved I loved some of his kind of stories looking back on that period when, you know, I didn't realise that, that game in Boston, which figured quite heavily in it, was Ryan McLaughlin's first senior Liverpool game for the club. And he talked about, you know, Daniel Craig coming into the dressing room and shaking all their hands and he and he's like, you know, this is mad. And I was playing at home with my mates in Belfast a few weeks ago. Now I'm playing for Liverpool in front of forty thousand. I've just shaked just shook the hand of James Bond and then he walks out and he's marking Francesco Totti. <laughs> so like, you know, for him, that series, like, you know, sticking that on is like, wow, what memories are these? You know, now playing for Rochdale, similar with Adam Morgan. You know, he was held up in that series by Rogers to all the young players, including Raheem Sterling is like, this is the kid that you need to follow. You know, his attitude is, is the example for all of you. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Obviously, the the Rogers Sterling spat, um, you know, it's probably one of the the things that people remember more than anything else. And th- that was interesting as well. I had no idea that that there'd been quite such a kind of a ding dong probably between the club and Fox in terms of what if any of that was going to get aired because um, you know, I was told there was this kind of committee that that discussed anything. That, that Liverpool weren't happy about, and when they when they got sent the rough footage, and I think initially Liverpool were keen for that to get left out completely. I think probably Fox thinking about ratings and all the rest of it thought, well, no, we we need this in, and um, you know, in the, in the end, FSG essentially kind of said, you know, that no, no, it stays, but it was a, you know, I think Michael Bloom from Fox said it was a an edited version of it. Um, that went in but you know even that was interesting speaking to the other players who were part of that session and 
and talking about how you know, Sterling felt like he'd been fouled, and, and that was what had, like, generated the um, what what ended up being a bit of a, an infamous buster. Yeah, it's it's fu- it's funny, isn't it? What 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 was your take from speaking to people uh, about the? Uh, I don't think the best way to phrase this, but it was very much. Uh, a piece of content or a series built for an American audience, and yeah. if you speak to like Dave Kirby, and he, he, you know, I think he didn't realise it was going to be aired over here. There's a few people who probably felt that. Um, was that did Liverpool have any say in that to your to your to your knowledge, or was that just you know is that the production company or is that a, a, you know Channel Five seeking it seeking it out and and picking it up? Because I think the most damaging aspect of it ended up being that it ends up on national TV and, and ends up being something to be pilloried? Yeah, well, I think, you know, again, speaking to the people involved, there was, there was never any doubt from the word go what, what Liverpool's motivation was, and that was to reach new fans and, and, and raise the club's profile, um, primarily in America, but also in Asia, where they, you know, they, they I think FSG at the time felt quite rightly that there was massive opportunities to expand the, the club's reach so um and then that was you know speaking to michael bloom from fox and scott boggins the the producer you know clearly they're very proud of this piece of work i think you know, there's probably a bit of a misconception because we think of the envelopes and we think of the harley davidson and and the and air infamous 69 joke that you just think everyone involved with being liverpool must just like you know think oh god you know don't mention it kind of thing. But it's just, it's just not the case. You know, you speak to those guys um, who, who put it together and, you know, they said the feedback they got from the hierarchy at Liverpool was was good. It was, this is what we wanted. This is, it was a product to try and bring in new fans. And in fact, you know, reading the comments on my athletic article yesterday, you know, there was quite a few American subscribers saying, I became a Liverpool fan off the back of being Liverpool. Um, which, which, which I guess for 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 FSG and for Bloom and Boggins, that's that's job done. Well done yeah. In terms of, I think, but clearly when you go back over it and you watch it and you speak to people at all different levels, Liverpool players, staff, the fans that were in it, you you kind of think it kind of runs home to you the challenge of creating something that is going to appeal to like your diehard Liverpool fans, but at the same time. You know, try and bring in new supporters. So I, know, I think I think Michael Bloom said in the piece that you know Fox even showed it on like the National Geographic channel because you know there was this idea of you know you know we, we don't want to just be preaching to the converted. You know this is this is something we want to reach out to to new people. And and I think you also have to put that series in the context of Liverpool Football Club at that time because it, it wasn't that long after the Luis Suarez, Patrice Evra. Um, race Raul and you know I think that had been what probably the previous probably you know it's probably five six months before that deal was struck on being Liverpool and so there'd been a lot of negativity and, and you know and that had kind of reverberated you know not just in the UK but around the, around the world this this row that you know of course with the benefit of hindsight wasn't handed handled well by Liverpool so I think there was this thought of do you know what there's a, there's you know this there's this amazing history to this this special football club that we need to tell people about it's you know some people probably have only heard of liverpool for for bad reasons in the last 6 9 months so i think i think that was that was also part of it um ready to pop the question 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And that's why, you know, despite the fact that, you know, not surprisingly, Ian Air didn't want to be a part of the... Uh, of the piece I wrote because I doubt whether he looks upon it too fondly and um, you know of course Brendan Rodgers would rather forget it but I think in the grand scheme of things it actually served a purpose for, for Liverpool and you know of course Klopp has taken things on to the absolute next level in terms of Liverpool's global profile with the success but it certainly did open up the club to a new audience. Yeah it's interesting because I, I think you're right in that I think about the amount of I mean, even just not necessarily you're gaining hardcore fans but I think about casual sports fans and I think about like I, I, I'm not really a particular I'm nowhere near the fan of any other sport that I am of football and therefore of and, and of Liverpool but all the casual teams that I hold a, a, even a slight affinity for have come from mad sources whether it's like coming from movies or coming from TV shows and I guess you're right in terms of those documentaries um, there'd be tons of people you know who follow American sports teams based on the based on the equivalents and it's, I, I find that, that period really interesting because you're right in terms of it being you know you go back eight years that's that's like the foundation season, really, for what we've kind of got now, and it doesn't get recognised because Klopp gets so much of the, the you know the um, the kudos for it. But you know that's whether it's in because it was solid foundations being put in place then, or whether it was a learning curve of don't have this as the foundations. It is a, a unique insight, really, isn't it? Into you know particularly particularly FSG's ownership, I think, and as you say, it's a. Uh, it's a little time capsule to the, you know, not quite the very start, but the, the the start of the beginning of where we are, where we are now, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the other things that struck me was, you know, if, if that happened now, you think there's absolutely no chance that that gets aired on Channel 5 in the UK. Yeah. You think of the, the, the battle that would be, and that, that kind of showed where Liverpool were at at the time as well, that, you know, you can guarantee that Fox would have, would have, would have tried to have, you know, of of kind of done presentations to to all the all the channels and the, you know the fact that Channel Five took it and it just I suppose the shame is it doesn't it doesn't capture a particularly impressive spell in in Liverpool's history. That's the thing. I think it's it's interesting to kind of ram home to you how far Liverpool have have come, but actually 
you know, as a, as a snapshot from you know, April to September in, in 2012, you know, you've, so you've got the, the end of Doug Leash's reign and then, you know, the, 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 the overhaul in that summer, when you think, you know, there wasn't a director of football, of course, Camoli had gone just before Kenny. Um, you know, you had a situation where the only real two major signings that summer were Barini and Joe Allen, who was you know, essentially, you know, that wasn't any great kind of, there wasn't, there wasn't really a scouting network. It was, um, you know, I, I think that was, I think that was before certainly uh, Barry Hunter and Dave Fallows came in. So essentially Rogers was going, well, no, I'll have Joe Allen because, you know, I've worked with him previously. I've worked with Barini previously. Um, you know, and then some random deals like, you know, Usama Asaidi pops up in the in being Liverpool and, you know, again, you know, talked about like he's gonna be he's gonna be like the new kid on the block and all the rest of it. And I don't I'm not even I'm not even I don't even sure Asaidi ever even graced the Premier League. I think he might have played in a few League Cup games. Um so yeah, it does yeah, I suppose that's the that's the shame really. That it, you know, probably if Liverpool were spectacularly bad at that time, it, it probably it probably would have it probably would have been even better viewing for, for the neutrals or whatever. Or if Liverpool were absolutely brilliant, I think it would have been fascinating for Liverpool fans. But it was just at that time Liverpool weren't they weren't horrendously bad and they weren't very good and the club wasn't in a particularly great position because it was it was going through this big period of transition. Yeah, it's quite funny actually the SAED stuff because I bumped into Ian Air randomly in Skipple Airport, um, flying back from Chris's Chris's um, stag do, and he let slip in a, in a random offhand comment about Liverpool needing bodies, and then a couple of weeks later, um, SAED ha- ha- had been signed, which kind of told you everything really what Liverpool uh, felt about him. But I think what's interesting now, and, and this goes, it's a couple of things. It's quite stark in so much as it rem- it makes you realise that. At the time, we probably thought Liverpool were in a, in good shape, you know. Weirdly, you know, in, in, you know, and some of the players were better than they were, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's kind of also nice that to be able to go back and look at these things now and understand that you can, because we know the the ending ends up the real ending where we are now is is a much healthier position. That I guess it's probably easier viewing now than maybe it would have been four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's right because I think yeah when. I think you're right. You, you go back, you back, go back to when Liverpool weren't having success, and it was yeah. I think it would have infuriated you watching it because you were thinking, oh, this is a, you know, this is a, just a bit embarrassing. The you know the, you know the the, the one-liners and the you know of course you know, Brendan got the David Brent tag for some of the things he said and the stuff with the Yanair on the Harley Davidson and yeah. I think I think it would have now because it's a bit further on and we've seen this amazing transformation in the club because I think you can now kind of appreciate it just for, for what it what it was at that time and you know and it, it does make it does make you fully appreciate the the amazing strides forward that have been them taken and you know and I think also you know I think you look at the way that the club does things out they, they've kind of like picked pick certain things from being you know with you know, being Liverpool was the first time I can remember things like you know the footage at home with you know Steven Gerrard opening his family home up to you know and you know you had Lucas Labour doing the same Pepe Reina Jay Spearing you know, uh, at the academy with Jamie Carragher doing doing stuff and that that was kind of the first time that the club had done that and of course you know I think where they've probably learned in recent years they've you know they've kind of picked certain bits I think probably that that worked in being Liverpool and the people who actually enjoyed that insight. 
and, and now we kind of see that and how brilliant the club's social media output is in terms of the videos that they put together and you know and of, of, of course it's just a, probably a just a more shrewd and cluey way of doing things because you know that way now with what they do you know they still give people that insight that then is massively popular fans love seeing it but it's also you know they have that control that um, they didn't have complete control of for being Liverpool because I think that was that was the other thing that had always kind of when I think back to being Liverpool I always thought well what control did Liverpool have like how did the 69 joke get in there how did you know how did someone watch that and go well fans will love Ian, Ian Eyre on the Harley and you know some of the Rogers the, the Rogers things and and the interesting thing was that, that it wasn't a case of sending Liverpool a you know a raw copy and going you know take out what you want and send it back which you know I get the impression that that is now the deal with, with someone like the Man City one with Amazon you know it's very slick certainly you know, certainly not warts and all um, but you know as Scott Bloom the, the producer told me when I was doing the piece he said it was more an editorial constant consultation that was the agreement he said that um you know the, the deal from the start was we will not reveal strategy and tactics. You know that that is a promise. You know if there's anything in any of this footage that you feel could give an opponent you know a professional advantage, then without no discussion we'll take it out. But in terms of the personal stuff, it was very much a kind of back and forth discussion. Yeah. And if Fox wanted to keep something in, then essentially FSG had the deciding vote. And of course, because in the states. There was very much this culture already of of these kind of shows. You know, I think Michael Bloom talks about Hard Knocks. Um, you know, which follows a different NFL team each year, being a real inspiration for for being Liverpool. So you know, I think more often than not, FSG kind of sided with 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 Fox on the basis of you know, we, no, we don't want it to be too dull. We don't want it to be too controlled, and we want people to see people's personalities and. Um, you know, and of course, you know Liverpool did flag up the the, the Sterling thing. They flagged up. I mean, interesting, only little things like they flagged up the picture on the wall of Rogers, but that still end up get, getting shown. They also flagged up some footage of Rogers, kind of what Liverpool were worried could be perceived as kind of boasting about his new car, and you know, little, little things like that were I got told were, were flagged up by this committee. But it certainly wasn't like Liverpool having having blanket control of things and even that shows how things have shifted now because there is absolutely no way on this earth that a Premier League club now would um, would, would would agree to that kind of show no, under, those, under those kind of terms it, it's true and just from personal experience of it you know Liverpool the, the the red tape you've got to go through to get anything is so you know that, that kind of stuff if you, ever, if you ever work with Liverpool on any level work with the players and all that kind of stuff the the control and the amount of people it's got to get past in order to be made to be made public and I suppose that's for better or for worse the knock-on impact of um, of being Liverpool just one just, just one thing I think is interesting because we've mentioned it a couple of times I do wonder um, and whether it was just you know in, as you say in terms of the time and like if if, if it was being made now and Brendan Rod uh, and and Jurgen Klopp said something along the lines of someone being the Welsh savvy and if and if Peter Moore was riding a Harley down the Strand I don't think people would care I and I and I wonder whether that was a combination of the time and I think obviously we're all a bit more savvy and Liverpool are a bit more clued up around that stuff and fans are a bit more accepting of all that stuff but also I think as you say just it being it was just probably probably the wrong men at the wrong time for the for the thing ultimately yeah 100% because also I think 
No, the reality is that if you're successful and you're winning football matches, nobody really gives gives a damn what you come out and say. That's the that's the reality of it. And I, I remember in that 13-14 season, Rogers would still come out with you know he would he would talk in press conferences about flipping triangles and the you know the you know and the, the single pivot and getting up in the middle of the night and making himself toast and coming up with a new a new tactical plan and. You know, I remember him, he described Harry Redknapp once as being a, a wonderful chemist, and you know, and you, and you know, and things like that. When when you're winning games, everyone just nods and go, "Yeah, yeah, spot on, yeah, absolutely spot on." But <laughs> it, it, the problem is when you're not winning, then then those things are used as a stick to beat you with. And um, so you're absolutely right. You know, if I think because you know, if something like that was, was aired now with the success that Liverpool have had in the last couple of years. You know, the, the, a lot of those things that were torn to shreds in being Liverpool would be forgiven, but it, it just the, the timing of it, even even the timing of it in terms of when it was actually shown on TV, because you know, I think it was mid-September to mid-October, and you know, if you were, I'm pretty sure that season Liverpool didn't even win a Premier League game until the very end of September. Um, you know, it was an absolutely disastrous start. You know, there was the horrendous defeat at West Brom on the opening day. day. Of course. I'm lucky not to beat um, you know Man Man City even with the skirtle back pass the, the Tevez punish, but you know after that there were some pretty ropey performances. So I think it was more also the fact that when it was aired, you know fans were were genuinely worried. You had the you know the absolute you know nightmare end to the window as well when you know even that is a period that you look back on and cringe a bit where you know the footage where you've got you know Aaron Rodgers kind of. A bit gutted that that Clint Dempsey had come to Liverpool and that Jordan Henderson wasn't prepared to go in the other direction that that effectively killed the deal. Um, so yeah, I think the fact that it came out at a time as well where Liverpool had got off to such a poor start in the season and fans were worried. I think I think all of that added to this kind of like, oh god, you know this this is not massively helpful at this time. Um, I mean, it would it would be absolutely brilliant to see. A Klopp one, I think it would be, you know, it would be absolutely fascinating, and you know, and, and of course Scott Boggins in the piece talks about how you know he, he would absolutely love to to do a follow up one, but I think we all know that um, there's absolutely no chance of that happening. Well, Klopp basically said, didn't he, last season or this season, this season, it's still this season, um, the, with the Red Bull Salzburg stuff, yeah, that like if you if if someone said to him, "I'm bringing a camera into your dressing room," I'd just I'd walk out, I'd be I, that that'd be done. So yeah, can't see that happening anytime soon. So until then, we've just got to be in Liverpool to fall back on. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Make sure everyone goes and checks out the piece on the Athletic, uh, and yeah, and you can get a fifty percent discount off your yearly subscription by going to theathletic.co.uk forward slash TV on that one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.